Hello and welcome to Missing Mystic Falls, where we cast a critical eye over every single episode of the hit CW show, The Vampire Diaries. My name's Catherine and I'm joined today with the dinner party dream team. (laughs) We have in charge of the music, the vibes and the games, it's Ellie. Hello. And then in charge of the lighting and the small talk, it's Alice. Hello, hello. Best dinner party lighting anyone will ever have. <laughs> you need the ambience, guys. You need the ambience. <laughs> Does that mean you're in charge of the menu, the venue, and the seating? Mm, I, I think, think so. largely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't worked it out, we are talking about season two, episode Woo! 15, The Dinner Party. This is huge for us because we are excellent at throwing excellent. dinner parties. Yeah, someone at New Year's was like, I really miss at uni. You girls were like the only ones who did dinner parties. And I was like, because we're great at them. We we were. We hosted a lot of people in our little houses at uni. Yeah. And 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 post uni. And post uni. And we've only gotten better. So we will be (laughs) delving into this dinner party, coming at it with so much minute detail, you won't even believe it. And coming into it from the point of view of dinner party professionals. Oh yeah, I've got a lot to say about this dinner party. (laughs) So the episode first aired on the 17th of February 2011. It was written by Andrew Chambliss and directed by Marcus Seeger. So Marcus has directed many episodes of the show up until this point and pretty much all the important ones um including like the pilot episodes and the season one finale but this is his final uh time directing vampire diaries stefan tells elena about his darkest days and while trying to catch elijah off guard damon arranges a little dinner party (laughs) what's everyone's thoughts on this episode (laughs) i like that mixed I think some of it's a little bit drawn out. Like I like some of the, I I think it's that I like the con like I like the dinner party. I like the flashbacks. I think I find the Stefan Elena stuff until the end a little drawn out. Um and I, I think it's just I find it a bit distracting from the main point of the episode, which is why I don't love it as much as I could I think they could have made it better, but I do love the dinner party. I really like this episode. I don't know, I don't know if I'm just being swayed by the dinner party of it all and that there's a lot going on but I think there's so much to like flashbacks <laughs> Lexi the dinner party Elijah like what is not to like <laughs> I always love a flashback and I always love when they bring Lexi back like I always have time for Lexi my thing and we we can talk about it when we actually get to this point is Stefan being a serial killer vampire and Elena sacrificing herself I don't think are the same thing and I don't think can be the same thing as like fighting for, for fighting like to be alive and to be a good person and all of that that like Stefan's going on about this episode but I love a dinner party I love any time with Elijah yeah. he really makes love this it. episode I have to say oh yeah he does the stone thing again and we'll get on to it and I love it so the episode opens with a flashback it's Jonathan Gilbert's story and he's also <laughs> at a dinner party we we love the parallels. Let's keep them going. Yeah, and there's there's something outside his house, and then we get a really great line from one of his guests, which is just, "It's all right, dear. All the vampires are dead." <laughs> I, know. I was like, "Do they think that the only vampires ever, ever were like the twenty seven that they killed in the church?" I mean, no, they can't have because later it's like, oh, he, John Gilbert researched the originals. So they must know. But was that after like Stefan? That's not good. That's so stupid. It's so stupid. I have a lot to say about that, but we'll get to it. Yeah, oh, same. But maybe that was when he was like, oh, there's others. But I love his like confidence. Like they go outside to look at it and he's like, I can tell you there's no vampires. Gets out that stupid, ridiculous vampire (laughs) tracking compass. Um, And then it goes berserk and Stefan's there. (laughs) And I just love the idea of like Elena, well not love the idea, but I found it really funny of like Elena just reading her ancestor's journal about her serial killing boyfriend who's just like chilling on the lake dock, just like (laughs) skipping stones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I like this scene. We also get, you know, that guy who's a guest just like running outside to confront the vampires with a cake slicer, like just a weird seen all round um and then yeah we get the big reveal that it's 
Stefan who's murdering them. And is this the first time that we get it revealed to us that Stefan is a yes killer? Yes and no, I think. Because Damon's like alluded to it before, but not, I don't think it's ever been like explicitly said. I think he's, I can't remember what day, he, Damon said something in their road trip. They, they've both like alluded to it. Like Stefan's definitely explained why he's on um, like animal blood. And there was that bit where he got, he in the Miss Mystic Fools pageant, like he almost kills that girl or he does kill that girl i can't remember one of the two but they they he doesn't quite he almost does yeah they and they've they've both definitely alluded to the fact that like he's an addict on like like he's addicted to human blood he can never get enough but i don't think we've ever seen a flashback of him like like this like we have and it's um it's like when he so he comes back in the house and elena's like i'm hearing about how you're killing all of the founding families I'm sure you were killing the founding families, like gossip. Just gossip. <laughs> One of happens to be my ancestor that they're just obsessed with the like lineage and all of that. But and then he, he Stefan tells his own story. But like the bits that he talks about, the flashbacks that we see, if we're focusing on this like Stefan Elena story for the second, um, the flashbacks are like in the war. He's just going around killing, like draining the blood from soldiers. He's doing what we've seen Damon do of he's having these girls round playing music different music obviously in the time that it was they were playing the piano um but it was very much and Damon coming in and stopping it which is like a massive role reversal that we've not seen before which is always quite interesting when they do that it's also like I don't know because Stephanie even says I was worse than Damon and I think he does feel worse um like he asked them, which one of you am I gonna kill yeah. next? And then when we see them all like fighting, like me, 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 me. You know, we we've seen Damon be like vicious and sleep with women and then kill them and be just a genuinely awful person. But we've never yeah. seen him toying with his food in quite this way. It makes it he makes like a real game out of it. And it's yeah, it is interesting to see kind of Damon is the sensible one. Um, one thing I think is interesting is that Stefan keeps being like, oh, he turned it off, but he pleads with Damon not to go. And I think that's very indicative of not having turned off your humanity switch. Yeah, I feel, and we've we've said this before and we all do say we find the switch really like stupid and it's the switch is what they want the switch to be in every episode of like what the emotion they feel. Mm-hmm. I couldn't work out if he turned it off after Damon said he was going to go because he was upset with that idea or if he was meant to already have it off because yeah it said like he felt guilty and he felt upset with the idea so like like, those are emotions he can't have had it switched off then but i never know with the show they just choose what they want god um you you know me in the humanity switch i fucking hate it it's just so boring how they use it to get out and justify bad behavior like um, Stefan is a much more interesting character if you know he was a killer um, and he found a way to change and and you know be a whole new person not yeah. just if he flipped a magic switch and suddenly everything he did before doesn't yeah, actually I count agree. and I think yeah, that's it's the way just like he's he's clearly he clearly loves the taste of human blood he clearly like can't get enough of it you actually <laughs> don't need to throw the humanity switch in without him just being like his emotions are heightened he's a newborn vampire and then lexi helped him control it like you could do all of that without needing to throw in the humanity switch and like her bring him back yeah. from that side that doesn't need to be added exactly and on a slightly lighter note how is it that someone's so gorgeous and sexy as damon salvatore in the present day can just have so little appeal in 1864 he is a wet blanket in 1864 in like every way possible it changes his whole like aura like there is nothing about him that exudes i don't know he just yeah he's yeah yeah is, is it his hair? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't make sense in the past. He belongs like yeah. 18s onwards. Yeah, I agree. But just the difference is so stark. I just don't get it. It can't just be the hair and the clothes. Do you, do you think they were going to do something different with like how Damon was in the past until they decided they really liked Ian and Nina together and we have to see like a good version of Damon 
to contrast and be like, there is some good in him. Is that what we're trying to do? Am I giving them too much credit? <sighs> I, I don't really um, think it is that. Look, I never I never really want to slag off like someone's acting or Ian's acting in particular uh, too much in the show. I think he's very mm. good at what he does but he does have a really um, limited range. Like he's good at playing the modern day bad boy, very charismatic and very, and he's very, very engaging as that. I think he stops being a successful when they try to add multiple sides um, to this character, especially when you compare it with someone like Paul who plays modern day Stefan hero hair very well yeah. and then in this episode I think he's really great at yeah. being Stefan the killer and that he's really nice. successful at doing different things with his character yeah. work yeah when he goes up to the girl playing the piano and he's like someone's gonna lose their neck mm. if you don't pick up the pace like snap snap <laughs> very like oof. I like how you delivered that yeah. line thank you <laughs> snap snap <laughs> Just because it is quite a departure from the character we've seen before, I was just going to ask, how do we feel about, I was going to say bad boy Stefan, but serial killer Stefan. I think, and probably as you said, credit to Paul's acting, but he's really scary. Like, he's scary. And it's not in the same way that even present day Damon was scary. And I think this is kind of the point of just saying we he's, he's almost worse than Damon. You feel like he would do anything. He's got a really kind of almost the opposite of value for human, like not even no value for human life, but like he actively wants to kill. Uh, yeah, completely agree. And I also think Lexi's reaction to him really helps um, kind of emphasize that of mm. she is a vampire. She knows what they are like. She can clearly hold her own, but she is like, oh, my God, you're a ripper. And I think this is the first time we've ever heard Stefan be referred to as a ripper. And so it's clearly, it's not even like he's he's a vampire. He's gone like a step further in where he is. It's, he's not the norm of what you would see. Maybe. Yeah, and like um, Stefan as a character, and I, and I like him as a character, but it's very easy for his role in the show to fall into the more boring um, part of it. And I think adding this dimension mm. and this part to his character does make the character more interesting and also gives Paul more to do because he is a very talented actor and the reason they're kind of like talking about all these flashbacks as well <laughs> is because they're trying to kind of draw a parallel and I think <laughs> you had some comments about this between Elena sacrificing herself so at the end of the last episode they realized she knew all along that she was going to die at the sacrifice um, for Klaus and Stefan trying to be like I was kind of a rip at the time I know what it felt like to be in a really dark place and move on from it um so Ellie I will it's not the same <laughs> it's just not the same thing like it's and and they spend the whole episode acting like it's the same thing and like you can you can be like it was similar like I've lost my she hasn't lost her way she's like given up a little bit and she's always tried to like protect her friends she's not killing like she's not a serial killer ripper like it's I'm with you completely. I think this was a nonsense comparison. I think they just wanted an excuse to show past Stefan, maybe. I don't know. Because yeah. I agree, it's it's not comparable at all. And like I love I I love Elena and Stefan, particularly in this of like he'll he'll open up and they'll share things and they'll be completely 110% honest with each other and help each other through things. And I think he, you could have done it in a different way where he wasn't like, I've been where you've been. <laughs> because he, he hasn't and it's not the same. Or he could have spoken about how he was like so ready to die to be a vampire with Catherine. Like that's more similar than like the bit they focus on in this episode. Or even like, and, and this isn't great because it's a bit... Um manipulative but if you want to bring Lexi into it and be like Lexi gave me light in my my darkest of times you also do that and you do that to so many people so you shouldn't throw your life away and like that's not great because you shouldn't be in a relationship because to give your life meaning but it's way better than I understand what you're going yeah. through because I'm a serial <laughs> killer and so are you <laughs> literally just the whole time yeah. I was like I just every time that bit happened I did roll my eyes a little bit of just like this is yeah yeah 
And if I was Elena, I'd just be like, this is not the same I'd thing. I'd not be having it. Stop telling me how you killed people. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be happy with this comparison. I'd be like, I am not like this. What are you trying to say? Literally. <laughs> One thing I will say is like, I love Lexi. I think Lexi, I miss Lexi and I love whenever they bring her back for a flashback. And like, she had never even met Stefan before. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time they meet. This is what we see. And she is straight away like, no, I'm going to get you back on the straight and narrow. I'm going to help you. I have no idea who you are, but you are lost and you need someone to help you. And I just, I love Lexi. I think she's a good egg. She is great. And I think we've said this before, but she is such a like, powerful character in a sense she really hasn't been there one episode she comes back we're like oh we know her well Mm. we yeah one episode um but she brings such a presence i think we know we feel like oh it's almost like a recurring character coming back it's not but she's immediately i mean i agree but i do think they were concerned about the audience remembering lexi because poor sweet elena delivers a line (laughs) of exposition that is lexi your best friend, Lexi. That's how you met her. Yeah, and also reminding, I thought you were going to talk about the really That's... shitty one where she was like, oh, the da- Damon killed her. Like we have Oh, to... it was so bad. <laughs> that line was so clunky. Also, I feel like, and we can talk about it more when we, we talk about this bit of the episode, but I feel like only now is Stefan angry at Damon about Lexi. Like it's suddenly come out of nowhere with him talking about the flashbacks and i i'll pause yeah. we talk about it more because that will just cause chaos to the episode because it's jumping towards the end so pause that thought but i just thought it was it was weird and i guess the way that this storyline links in so elena's been reading jonathan gilbert's diaries he said it gets crazier and crazier and then he talks she talks about how he researched the originals and how he found a way to kill the originals nonsense why on earth would you know this it's crazy and they use Jonathan and Isabel in the same way of like, oh, if they don't know anything, it's either in Isabel's research or it's in one of the Gilbert journals. Like it's it's one of the two. And like there's no way in hell that like Jonathan Gilbert found an original and had all that information about the tree and the like what you do with the dagger and also specifically like that a human has to use the dagger and all of this. Like, I don't believe it for a second no this show thinks we're gonna forget things that they've already said and i won't they have said that jonathan gilbert is not smart they have said that he didn't invent anything actually and that bonnie's ancestor emily bennett had to spell all of his inventions so he's a fucking idiot but we are meant to believe even though no vampire really knows about the originals um, they keep it quite secret. Yeah. He not only found yeah. a way, found out about them, but found a way to kill them. Information that the originals would so not want it out there. And also by that point, yeah, Emily was like long gone. So like she wasn't helping him with this stuff. Yes. Yeah, and he's really mad. Like they call his diaries the ravings of a madman and not just because he believes in vampires. They say he's insane. Well, even Elena says that in this episode, she's like, he gets crazier and crazier. Well, and he I, doesn't leave Mystic Falls. They, yeah, <laughs> is he getting this information? The fool, fool. Um, but yeah, I think they could have Idiot. done a far better way of trying to get that information out there rather than using the cop out of the journal and, as you said, Isabel. Um, but the reason that links in is because Damon Salvatore is hosting Elijah at a dinner party. Yeah, so we um, start with Damon and he is on... Who's he on the phone to? Is it Rick? Stefan. Okay, he's on the phone to Stefan and he says he's just had a conversation with a very distraught Carol Lockwood. Uh, Yeah, sorry. So he says that Carol's distraught. He's spoken to Liz. This is clearly like first thing in the morning because he also refers to Andy as breakfast, Mm. which I'll come back to because outrageous. Um. But when was he on the phone to Liz? Was it last thing at night or was it first thing at morning? What is the communication between Damon and Liz? I want to. I think they have a late night chat. I like to think so. Mm, And they gossip about Carol. (laughs) (laughs) This is what's happened. Yeah. Damon is so unbelievably smug this whole episode. And it it really annoys me because it's 
Yeah, he's he's on the phone to Stefan. They're talking about how Elena has decided that, or like Elena always knew that she wasn't one of the people that Elijah was saving, and that she would probably have to die, and this this curse would um would go ahead, or like the lifting of the sun and the moon curse would go ahead. And the, so, uh, so Damon's kind of like, oh yeah, operation, let's try and kill Elijah. And th- this is we've said it before, but like this is what really winds me up about the Salvatore brothers is like, okay, fine. Elijah's like gonna maybe try and kill Elena but we don't know when maybe just do like a day's more research than just being like nope do you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna throw a dinner party and I'm gonna use this weapon that someone I don't trust at all has given me and I have no also, idea how to they're use. really not thinking ahead because Klaus is also trying to do this spell and this sacrifice like killing Elijah doesn't help them for I don't know a few days a week We've no like they're not thinking ahead at all. They're yeah. just like imminent danger. Bye bye. And it's um dangerous because it gets other people involved. Like part of this episode is Alaric and Jenna's relationship is coming to a head um because she's hanging out with Elijah. I think they get on very well. I don't know why she's giving him this tour though. What's of the her property role lines. Because Carol Lockwood's distraught. She's going around the property line. She's on the Historical Society. Mm-hmm. Carol Lockwood is too distraught to be doing this because Tyler has left. Yeah. So I think Jenna's doing the tour. And also, who wouldn't want to hang out with also Elijah? And they're, they're having a great chat. Yeah, the founding families are not the founding families, which we all would have known anyway. But Elijah is based. He is coming for those founders, those fucking colonizers, and putting out that they didn't found shit. They didn't do shit. And he dares to talk about slavery and says he wants to his fake book to have the slave's point of view. An unproblematic <laughs> king. I love it. He's amazing. And just the way he like puts down everyone in a good way, but like with a sentence. Like he's like, oh, I think I can't remember if it was Jenna or Elijah said it, but like men are very territorial. I think Elijah goes, "Yes, they are." Just as Rick walks in to disrupt them, um, it's it's so stupid. Because also, like from from the audience's point of view, you know that like Rick's concerned about Jenna's safety because she's rich, she's with an original vampire. He just looks like a fucking annoying, mm-hmm. jealous boyfriend. Yeah, and like this is the whole thing. Like, can't he tell, like jenna some half truths or like something so he doesn't look like it because it's just gonna annoy her and then she's gonna want to spend more time with elijah or like the reason they haven't told her is for her safety and that and it's completely null and void and i think we said this episodes ago but even now well more so now she's hanging out with an original vampire maybe she should know yeah literally like she's invited him into elena's house or like her what her house but like all of this but just back on sorry on the line point as well because that's when rick appears and rick and um elijah are having the conversation while jenna is getting like information from the car and he's like oh yeah don't worry i rarely go for younger women and i'm like what a problematic king he's so great (laughs) (laughs) we love to see it i love him (laughs) so it basically they they all get invited to this dinner. They're all sun somehow all incredibly free on this evening. Andy suggests a dinner party. Damon says he'll host. What, what time are they at the grill? Because Andy invites them to the dinner party when they're all at the grill for some reason. I'm gonna go for lunch? brunch. Yeah, well Elijah and Jenna have come back from walking around the property lines. I think they might have done an early start. I think it's maybe like eleven thirty. Elijah strikes me as someone who would be like, Should we should we meet at oh. nine? Or like eight to yeah. walk around. I, I feel that for him. Oh, it's it's sad to see reasons that's why just... me and him wouldn't work out. <laughs> gutting. <laughs> gutting. Outrageous. <laughs> gutting. Yeah, it's definitely brunch lunch yeah. time. Damon says he'll host. Mm-hmm. Rick tries to say no for like Jen for him and Jenna, and Jenna's like, nope, I'm I'm going. Yeah. There's a lot of anti-men sentiment coming from Jenna and Andy in this episode that I'm very here for. Well, they have valid reasons. Yes. The purpose of this dinner party from Damon's point of view is he wants to kill Elijah because John gave him in the last episode a means to kill an original. But he wants to check this out. So he goes to the all reliable source, Miss Catherine. Oh, I love it. The girlies are back this episode. We get both Catherine and Alexi's return. I also just so love how smug Damon is in this scene thinking he's one-upped Catherine the whole time. And it's like, really? 
really again yeah, just being like oh my god you're scared you're gonna get trapped in you're really scared of this like he and she just like doesn't have to do a thing she's got damon wrapped around her finger like you know if stefan i know we've said quite a lot that stefan is sometimes quite stupid but you know if stefan went into that and had that conversation he would know exactly what Catherine was exactly. doing well stefan is his smartest with Catherine, and damon is at his yeah dumbest. that is true yeah. I think Damon's just always wanted, and like this is the thing about it. He always shows his cards like straight away. He like doesn't play it smart. He just like always shows exactly what he wants to do, and he always thinks he's got the upper hand on someone. When he, I don't think I've ever seen him have an upper hand so far. <laughs> he he didn't season one. That's the thing. Like when he was making the plans he was pretty yeah. on top of it all but i think that was probably just because he's was outsmarting stefan <laughs> that's, that's fair um yeah so yeah he goes basically Catherine is like please don't i'm compelled to stay in this tomb if you kill she's basically confirmed that if damon uses the knife it will kill elijah and then she'll be stuck there in the tomb because of the compulsion so damon's like you've just told me everything i need to know i'm gonna definitely kill elijah tonight goodbye type thing yeah and then we go to the setup of the dinner party and first of all why is jenna helping to set up because she's a right. hostess with the mostest but it's not her house i i didn't like i didn't like it at all because there's a bit where she was like sorry d- dessert's taking longer than than like no 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 jenna should not be cooking jenna no. should not be setting up anything jenna and andy should not be waiting on these men yeah, just there. it feels very like, oh, the woman doing the house, like, no, setting up the dinner party. Yeah. And I know we are women and we love doing this, but it's not because the men are. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to a man's house yeah. and be like, let me let me do this dinner party for you. No, 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 no. They can come to, to our house exactly. and they can, we can set it up. That's fine. Exactly. One thing I did think they did a great job on was the ambience. Just as, as, a, as a talker of the ambience, I think the fire going in the background, all the candles, they got out some nice crystal. It was, you know, it looked cosy. I'd want to be sitting there on a nice winter's night. Wouldn't say no. Mm. I wouldn't say no because Elijah was there. I would say no because John Gilbert just invites himself over. Oh, yeah. A dinner party <laughs> etiquette and no no. <laughs> yeah. Outrageous. Why do they let him join? It makes zero sense. Um what I will say though, agree, completely agree with the ambience. They have apparently nine bottles of wine throughout the evening. Yes. Which I love. Fully support. Um incredibly dry conversation. No fun games. They're just talking about the history of Mystic Falls. Oh yeah, it's a very dull dinner party. Incre- there's no way they got through nine dinner parties on that topic of where are the Salem witches where was the the site i also couldn't work out what they're eating could anyone work it out i saw it but it was too small i tried to have a look but i was like "Mm, looks like some sort of slab of meat but i wasn't completely sure they haven't they clearly couldn't be bothered to put the effort into to like let us know what this what the menu was so i do have a few critiques of the evening first of all they did not center the evening around food at all there were no games no games I would like to talk us through the seating arrangement and how we all feel about it. So Damon is at one head of the table. He is next to Elijah, who is next to Rick, who is then next to John at the other head of the table. And then John is next to Andy, who is next to Jenna, who is back next to Damon. Awful. Awful arrangement. It's hard. I was trying to think of a better way. Um, there is some good stuff. They've broken up the couples. Jenna's not next to Alaric and Damon's not next yeah. to Andy. And Jenna is quite far from and is John. And Jenna, is Jenna opposite Elijah? I couldn't work out the order. I yes. think, okay, I do like that. I also think it makes sense that John's at the end of the table because he's the last joiner. So he just pops on the end. But I would just love Elijah at the end of the table with Andy and Jenna on either yes. side and then he and Damon can have like a nice little stare off conversation they can make their little quib jokes where it's like they know what they're talking about but it sounds like something else and then you can have Rick and John next to Damon and like that's fine but it, but you can't have, have Rick better. or John next to Jenna no you're right um you you sit Elijah between the two women, but then you flip both couples around so that Damon is by Jenna and Alaric is by Andy, and then yeah, you still have John at the end. Well done. 
we that, fixed it that's why this is i mean this is what we do for a living guys we just do <laughs> never mind that they probably sat them that way around to get the correct shot so the story could flow better so everyone had the right eye contact with the right person i don't care about that no 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 the vibe the vibe, the vibe is key. It's all about the vibe what i love is that even andy loves elijah she's like i like him he's very old school and classy and well yes he is yeah Mm-hmm. But then uh, this is what they they tried to use Elijah being old school. We're so pro Elijah. It's hilarious. Trying to use Elijah being old school as a way to be sexist and be like, so the men should take their drinks in the drawing room while the the ladies like gossip in the kitchen. No, no, no! Don't bring no, Elijah into this is, like sexism. He's forward thinking. Yes. Can you imagine if? Well, first of all, we don't have a second room, so there is nowhere for the gentleman to go. But can you imagine the, the outrage, outrage if someone suggested no such a thing? In. I'd be like, right, you you can get out. I'd be the, the, like, you can go a, to a bar. There's a drawing room out of this house. The gentleman can leave. <laughs> I'd be like, you can get out and you're never coming back. That's it. No, at our dinner parties, gentlemen had to make after-dinner cocktails and serve them to us. That's how we, we did that once. <laughs> But we did it. <laughs> we did do that, yeah. That wasn't because they were guys. That's yeah. But I like to. I now like we to make s- our guests make cocktails. <laughs> that doesn't sound much better. <laughs> I like to spin it that that's what we did. <laughs> but the plan is: so Damon wants to stab Elijah at dinner. Rick doesn't want to do that because he's worried about Jenna. Yes, and um, at the same time, this is when Elena finds out the the bit where it's like if. Uh, if a vampire uses it they will also die because the originals valued vampire life and they thought it was outrageous for a vampire to kill a vampire so Rick interrupts and he's like oh no we forgot about dessert Andy comes in and she's like Elijah and he does the most beautiful little spin with Andy as he leads her back to the dinner table and I love it I think I may have swooned (laughs) Andy is so likable. I mean, maybe part of it is because she also really appreciates Elijah. She also really tries to get the goss from him for her job. And I do think the death of Logan Fell must have opened up a lot of doors and new careers for Andy. Like, finally, this Nepo baby isn't in her way. (laughs) So true. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Well, the Royster now. Yeah. I'm not sure at what point I've written this down for, but I have written Rick is a human disaster. So not sure exactly where that goes. I think maybe <laughs> when he stabs Elijah. But well, he he writes, he's got the worst handwriting ever. And he writes like it will kill you if you use it, like to Damon, because he doesn't want Elijah to hear. And then John, Damon and Elijah are having a conversation back at the dinner table about Elena. Like Elijah says, basically, if they keep becoming a liability, Elijah will take... Elena away and they'll never see her again and he will just keep her there until they're ready to like lift the curse or whatever and then out of nowhere Rick just comes in and stabs him in the back through the chair yeah that 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 feels like nonsense madness I did like that just prior to that uh Damon was like did you know that John is Elena's father, but she hates him, so don't bother putting him on that look after list. Even though he's Damon is planning on killing Elijah yeah, that like night, just fun. in case he can get rid of John, he's throwing that <laughs> back, out. There. Back up plan, get rid of John. I also did enjoy the phrase. He said um, it was the endangered species list, and I quite enjoyed that. So Elijah's been stabbed, he gets put in the like dungeon bit of the Salvatore house and then Elena is like oh yeah I've just been reading it so as long as they keep the dagger in place all should be fine of course that was never shared so they go downstairs Elijah's gone and he rocks off at Jonah's house and or like the Martin's house he is pissed he is not happy no you wouldn't be would you like these people you've saved their life what like three four times and they keep just trying to kill you (laughs) over and over and over again yeah so he's angry and he also i guess we could either go on to what he does next or we could loop back to he turns up at the martins angry to bonnie and Do we have to talk about bonnie jeremy yeah oh yeah we probably should yeah i don't want to so alas as we know bonnie and jeremy kissed in the last episode so jeremy is basically trying to arrange this date and bonnie 
just wants to do some spells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's so funny. It, I love it. Like Jeremy arrives at the grill, and Bonnie's like, "I keep thinking about last night," and he's like, "Me too." <laughs> that kiss. And she's like, "The spell really drained me," and it's a completely different vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight away. And then, if I lived in Mystic Falls, I would open a small boutique candle selling business because let me tell you, the amount of candles they use on this show is actually insane. Like Bonnie walks into the Gilbert house and Jeremy has filled it top to bottom with candles for a normal romantic evening. And the dinner party. Wow, that used a lot of candles. And we know Carol likes exactly. to use a lot of candles at her parties. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fair, actually. Wise. Yeah. Great, great money spinner. What do you think about the idea of this being their first ever date? Yes, they've kissed. It's their first ever date, and Jeremy goes to this length with this many candles. If I'm Alice, I want to hear your thoughts <laughs> on this romance. It's a bit of an ick, isn't it? That's too much too soon. <laughs> but like, he's 16. I do think that's. No, no, what no, they no, would... no, no. That is still too much even then no 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 no. it it is too much but i just think it's like the kind of thing a 16 year old would do and think is romantic like i remember when one of my friends when she was 17 she went on one of the very first dates she ever had and the guy gave her like a bouquet of roses that she just had to take on the rest of the date but the date was a day out in the city so she just literally had to take it from shop to shop with her everywhere she went yeah that's fair it probably takes a lot of like romance from rom-coms but i do love bonnie's reaction of straight away she walks in and she's like oh god God." yeah i feel i feel her i feel her alice would leave (laughs) alice would leave actually that was a really good question because al you're like the most polite person i've ever met do you feel like social etiquette would allow you to leave like what would you do in this situation I think I'd have to awkwardly stay, perch on the end of the sofa for a little cup of tea and then make my excuses. (laughs) Tea and crumpets, eh? Um, Bonnie says they can't do anything till she talks to Elena first, which I do think, not as like permission, but to like give a heads up is fair. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's good of Bonnie. I hate, I hate, Jer- I get it's like a sibling thing. And I like, of him being like, she doesn't rule my life, blah, blah, blah. But he does react very poorly. Yeah. Also, yeah, I get that. But it's also, it is his sister's best friend. It is different. Mm. Like, yeah. And it's like, Bonnie has her own relationship with Elena outside of Jeremy. And like, fucking respect that relationship. It's not actually anything to do with him. Like, if he doesn't feel the need to ask permission with Elena, that's no. fine. But it, it, it doesn't know Bonnie's relationship. Yeah, so, uh, this is the thing. I, Jeremy is very like, because we saw it earlier, like, they gaslight Luca. They, he comes into the grill. Mm. And I found that like, really uncomfortable happens? as well poor luca like i know he's done some things but he's not been treated well no and they just say like oh no everything was fine you just stayed in the grill we play pool but jeremy like gets up in his face the second he like is slightly and like bonnie can handle herself she just drugged the man and went through his brain like i think she's fine but yeah he just gets very it i don't want to say protective because it's it feels more it's like possessive a little bit yeah yeah Thinks he's the big I am, eh? But then you see kind of the only other kind of big clip we get of them is Bonnie is making making fire. So she's drawing fire from the candles, putting it into her hands. And uh, Jeremy does the, the great comment, now that is cool. <laughs> but, yeah. Walking ick. But then... <laughs> then <Walking ick. laughs> Then Dr. Martin comes in and he's obviously had that chat with Elijah. Elijah's come in fuming. And he comes in and he... And it really kind of graphically takes Bonnie's powers away. Yeah. Like, I, it's it's, re- it's really interesting to be like, because we don't know what he's doing. We don't know until he leaves, like, what's happened. We, obviously, then there's so many different spells, but we've never seen or heard of the idea of, like, someone's magic being taken from them and just being left. And, like, bless Bonnie. She, as she was really, like, finding her magical, like, voice type thing. And it's good intrigue for the future. So many 
problems are resolved through Bonnie and they really rely on her magic. But now the characters are facing down the most powerful person they've they've ever come across, Klaus, and they have one less weapon in their arsenal. Mm. And they've just killed Elijah and his witches are, are pissed. Yeah. Oh yes, they, they have just killed Elijah, but where we're up to Elijah is in the lake house. Yes. And they Stefan so like clearly someone's given them a heads up because Stefan's like, Oh, he's here and he just walks in and he mm-hmm. picks up the stones and he chucks it at the house, which is very similar to what he did with Slater and like the the coins. Um, and the doors come off their hinges with the power of the stones being thrown. I have a question for you guys. How much of a house has to be destroyed for a house is no longer the house and Elijah can enter? Because he doesn't have to be like invited into a ruin. That's a really excellent point. I think it would have to be quite a ruin. So he'd probably have to burn it down kind of vibe. But why couldn't he do that? I guess he's a, he's a classy man. He wants to be, you know least mess possible to start with yeah and he's like he's patiently he said he was very happily wait them out from that yeah and at first so elena goes like to the door to speak to elijah and at first i'm like the goal of her to try and renegotiate like you your friends have just tried to kill this man so many times um but then fair play she has the trump card of her life pretty much (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, she says she will stab herself and bleed out and then Stefan will turn her into a vampire. And then he says she he doesn't believe that she will do it. But Elena Gilbert is a fucking gangster in this. She doesn't blink and then she stabs herself, you think, to get him to agree to her terms. Yeah, yeah. so he agrees and then she stabs him again. They've just killed Oof. Elijah again. Oof. This poor, poor man. Poor Elijah. I think it's amazing. And I'd be even more behind it if it wasn't Elijah. I'm just... Yeah. Don't kill Elijah. Great move. Great move. They should have done it on Rick. (laughs) Yeah, like season one, Elena Gilbert could never, would never. But it really doesn't feel out of character for her now. I mean, like think back to last episode with her running away from Brady, but being really smart and being an action girly and stabbing him. In the background, they have just been developing her character into someone who's gotten really used to violence and is using it for the first time. And she fucking kills him. She stabs herself, she kills Elijah, and then she's healed. And it's, yeah. And and then Damon appears. My question also was like, I guess Damon knew where Elena was. So like Elijah had to go to the Dr. Martins. He has to do the locator spell. And then Elijah has to go. Because I was just like, how does Damon beat him there? How long does the locator spell take? So I don't think Elijah had that much of a head start. I think they found out he was missing pretty quickly. And then, like, as you said, Elijah had to go find out where they were. So even if Damon only arrives five minutes before Elijah, it's it's, it's all the time they need. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And then they... they um taken back and elena says she's happy to fight but they have to do it her way no more secrets and the the salvatore brothers are like okay yeah fine whatever and then david goes to his room someone's running the shower and it's the one and only catherine pierce and i love her she just like walks out naked not a care in the world and she's like do you have a rope i also love the song that's put it's like little miss catherine and it just fits her in that scene so well i think it's great the sort of cheeky little minx that she is. Mm-hmm. It's great. She's back. The bitch is back. She is. And she explains like she knew that if Elijah died, the compulsion would end. So she was more than happy for Damon to do it. But then she does say like she didn't go and she is going to try and help them, which is very interesting and very like not in keeping with what we've seen. Yeah. So it's quite interesting to be like, what is the situation? There? <laughs> What's the situation? What is the situation? Um... <laughs> Just um, slightly before that moment, I just want to make a point to say, and I'm I'm not going to say anything else about this, but Damon describes mm-hmm. the moonstone as a little bar of soap. And then we also have a scene between Damon and Stefan where they talk about Lexi. And this is really the first time we're seeing Stefan mourn her. But I feel like in this scene, they really flip it so it's no longer about Stefan's grief but it becomes about Damon's guilt um he is then 
like the focus of that final scene with Lexi where she says, I don't know, something something like she's going to help Stefan and that Damon can't deal with it. But it, it's Damon that is, it's Damon's guilt that is the focus, not Stefan's grief. Yeah. No, and it just like, it doesn't make sense. So much stuff has happened since. Like you can't jump like three months in time or more than and then suddenly be like I'm really annoyed and upset that you killed my best friend and then also Damon be like oh I feel really guilty for killing Stefan's best friend because he's done like so much stuff it it doesn't make sense I feel like the writers like to give emotional moments that should be Stefan's to Damon and it's probably partly because they prefer I mean particularly Julie Plett I really feel she prefers Damon as a character so she just prefers writing for him over Stefan um but anyway I really liked the episode I thought it was really good you can always tell when it's actually a well-crafted episode because it's much easier for us to talk about I would actually say like when I was watching it and I think it's because I partly expected I I think I expected the dinner party to be in the episode before I know this one's called the dinner party but I hadn't looked that far ahead yet um Mm. I thought it was a bit drawn out. Actually, talking back through it, I'm enjoying it more, talking back over it, being like, oh, actually, you know what? That was a good app. Their, their dinner party entertainment mm-hmm. could use some work. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. all in all, enjoyed it. It was good. Sorry, there was one bit of the episode that we didn't talk about, which is kind of the... Sorry, I just saw it on my stats because I didn't know where we'd be. But Rick Rick and Jenna kind of break up like Jenna confronts Rick about like what's what's happened with Isabel like is she dead John keeps telling me do they break up yeah that John was I don't know he doesn't have a good enough answer and she just walks away so I kind of assume that's a breakup I don't know I wrote it down as they broke up but yeah this whole episode John is causing problems in their relationship and just being an absolute gremlin but Rick has still kind of caused this problem by just not being fucking honest with her. Yeah. Also, this was a good opportunity, yeah, to just be like, okay, well, there's some stuff you don't know. It's going to be scary. Let me talk you through it or something. Yeah. But nothing. He's just like, John shouldn't have said that to you. Rick is so unlikable in this rewatch. Maybe when I first watched the show, I kind of liked him as a character maybe um i like to watch it and call him an alcoholic but now i just find him so unlikable he's such a bad partner to jenna he's a mess of a human being he's really a repulsive character yeah, yeah. but apparently nine bottles is his limit and i don't believe for a second i don't he has a limit. <laughs> but yeah no I, he's an awful history teacher he's like he should not be like the way he behaves around like elena and jeremy is very inappropriate for like a teacher figure at the same time and he's a, he's an awful partner he is friends with damon far too quickly mm. like it, it just doesn't yeah. make sense i do think the best part about his character is his friendship with damon but that's yeah. largely to have a friend for damon not rick yeah. i'm tempted to add him to the same pile as matt donovan and jeremy gilbert i don't like him He's a low-tier character. I, I think I prefer Matt to Rick. Ooh. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Like, uh, Matt is, like, yes, he is rude to Caroline, but Matt just is a better person than Rick. I think he's a better far. person, but in some ways he's, I find him more boring than Rick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as a character. Yeah. I think he's a better, per- yeah. I definitely think he's a better person. It's such a waste because Rick's introduction to the show was actually really good. Like, oh, what a is he a vampire oh and then the reveal he's a vampire hunter it added a really fun and different dynamic into the show um but they've just really quickly like pissed Mm. that away and ruined any intrigue that he did have or any positive character traits that he had So now on to stats where we keep track of all the relationships, all the deaths and all the resurrections in this show. So what are we adding? I was just going to start with a resurrection. So we know that John Gilbert comes back to life after being killed by Stefan Salvatore. Yes, sorry, old John Gilbert. Yes, and with that, we know that in the flashbacks, I've got five kills for Stefan. He kills Thomas and Honoria Fell, plus Jonathan Gilbert, plus a random girl in like the bit where he had the party killed one of them and a soldier i think so i I've also got five. wasn't sure when lexi comes back whether the two people dead there 
count or was one of them the same girl were they different okay so the three at the start definitely the woman at the party definitely and then uh with the bodies in the room um the woman on the couch was the same person we saw him kill before but there were then two more bodies in the room so that would make six I didn't count the soldier. Did he definitely kill him? I kind of thought so because he said he couldn't stop, but then he saw like it, that was very unclear. So we could probably just do the six. But I kind of assumed so because he he like he always says that he could never stop and he would fully drain them. So I kind of had a feeling that that was. We can yeah. go. So should we say seven? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, seven for Stefan. One for Rick and a back to life, I guess. For Elijah, I know I don't know quite how we define dead, but I would assume one for Rick and about to life. Yeah, I think we have already we put Elijah already on the resurrection bit for when he Damon killed yeah. him and he came back to life. So there's yeah, Rick kills Elijah, Elijah comes back to life, and then Elena kills Elijah. So one for Elena as well. God, Elijah's been killed three yeah. times. <laughs> I know, honestly. Okay, so what does this mean? So this was Rick's first kill this season. And this is kind of what I mean by them pissed away his character. He is a vampire hunter, but has killed no one this season so far. Ridiculous. Then huge, this is Elena's very first time on the board ever. So our main girl has finally gotten her hands a bit dirty. Woohoo. Yeah. Hey. Also, where does it put <laughs> Stefan on the... And yes, Stefan has taken the lead from Elijah this season with 11 kills, whereas Elijah has nine. Mm. So our resident good boy is not only ahead of his bad boy brother, but the main antagonist of the show. Wow. Uh-oh. So our <laughs> two romantic leads are the top two on number of kills. Damon on 31 and Stefan on 17 total. That says a lot, doesn't it? Says a huge amount. (laughs) So that's it for us this week. But if you want to get in touch with the show, how how can they do that? Uh, You can contact us on formerly Twitter at Miss Mystic Pod. And you can follow us, DM us, whatever you would like. Like our posts. That would be great. On Instagram at Missing Mystic Pools Pod. Yeah, we will share episode reminders, the stats, vaguely funny things um but you can go into your podcast (laughs) app of choice and rate us five stars and only five stars no more no less thank you bye (laughs) bye